Yo, what is up, everybody? Happy Monday. Happy start of your week. Welcome to the Impact Attack. Yeah, I know. You're not used to that intro, but a little different this week. This week, it's the B. The C this week is my boy Chris Ams. And the V this week gets to be the chat, the voice. How you guys doing this week? Unfortunately, Vet is on assignment, so we got Chris Ams feeling in for us this week. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Yeah, I'm excited. You uh, you put up the bat signal the other day, and you asked me if I could come up, and uh, and yeah, man. Of course, I'm always happy to be on the show with you, and uh, you know, uh, it's I'm nervous filling in for the vet because it's like I have to be extra brilliant in order to make up for the lack of vet. But uh, no, I'll just I'll just be me. I'll, I'll so you know what? To start off being me, I'll do my own. I'll do my intro like I always do. I am Christopher Ams, that's A-M-B-S, like lambs with no L, or bullshit first thing in the morning. And don't you worry, folks, if you ever forget how to spell my name, I'll just remind you at the beginning of every show. So thanks for having me on, Brandon. I'm excited to be here and excited to talk some impact. Yeah, man, it was a it was an interesting show this week. A lot of different ups and downs, a lot of different things, some ups and downs. Uh, times they got really real, as we'll get into later. Uh, but let's take a moment and acknowledge the chat and say what's up to everybody who's here. Looks like we got Jerome Hall in the house, Lizbeth, Javi Uchida, Labra. How you guys doing? Happy Monday. Whoop, whoop. What's up, y'all? Man, so anyhow, you hear anything interesting happen in wrestling this week? Nothing at all ever in the in the world of wrestling happens. There was no... There was no potential gun charge that was levied against a really famous tag team or anything nothing cool (laughs) that was crazy I I gotta say man like you know and the thing that was really frustrating for me was so it was like the next day is collision right and um, so I turn on no was it collision yeah it was collision so the next day was collision and I turn on collision and I hear, uh, you know, I hear Kevin Kelly, you know, running down the show, right? And there's a graphic for FTR, and it says, "We'll hear from FTR. They've been in the news lately." And I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, they're gonna fucking talk about? Wow, okay, that's interesting. We're gonna hear from FTR." And then there was no fucking FTR on the show, and I was like, "Total what the hell? You, yeah, you can't do that. A total <laughs> bait and switch. Assholes doing? That's a flat out bait and switch. Uh, frustrating, but." Yeah, it was it was it was much like tonight on Impact, where there was a few times where I thought, well, that that can't be the end of the show, right? Because FTR is coming up, and then, nope, it was the end of the show. Um, whereas on this show, there was a few times where I thought, okay, well, that must be the main event, right? That must be it. That must be. There's nothing more, and then there's, but wait, there's more, uh, and there was more to come. So I was like, holy shit, this uh, this was one of those two hour episodes that felt like a Two and a, two two and forty five minutes, you know. Yeah, like an old three hour nitro, not one of the good ones either. <laughs> yeah, like one of the middle and ninety nine ones. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, this, this was one of the ones where Sid was was roaming around the building. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> that's the best. That's like one of the one of the like low key best moments of Nitro history. Just like him screaming <laughs> Goldberg on top of like a t- completely bricked car. Good stuff. Sid had a lot of unintentional, hilarious moments. Oh, uh, didn't he though? Like, I, I am twice the man that you are, and I have half the brain that you do. Or the <laughs> that was a great one. Or the one where he's like, "Can we do this again? Over oh, live, pal." <laughs> yeah. 
I'm sorry, that didn't feel good. Can I do it? Can we do this again? We're live, pal. I mean, <laughs> uh, good stuff. Yeah, I've gotten a little bit more appreciation of Sid's work going back watching uh, wrestling bios, the reliving the reliving the war series. And there's one promo, no joke, where he said, "You have to hit or be hitting. You have to kick or be kicking." <laughs> He's just, uh, Sid, good old Sid. I don't know. Like, I wonder if Brock Lesnar actually like cut promos the whole time. Cause like, I've heard that comparison before, like the Sid, you know, Sid to Brock comparisons, but like Sid always kind of cut his own promos and like, you notice it cause his promos were terrible for the most part. Like, I wonder if Brock had had to cut his own promos the whole time, if we would have thought of Brock as like, you know, kind of a joke because he would have said some stupid shit. I don't know. No, they were very smart at protecting Brock when it came to his promos very early on. Oh, yeah. No doubt. So, yeah, Impact. Impact. It's a, it's a wrestling show that's, uh, that's owned by a Canadian company. So I get, I get to see all of the Canadian stuff happening. So I get to watch the show. Then I get inundated with other Canadian stuff. And it's always, you know what I always notice whenever I watch this show is like, man, this show is definitely like, it's on late somewhere. Cause like <laughs> the commercials are like, you know, the X hose, it can be kinked in 700 different ways and it'll still pump water for you. And then the next one is like, you know, are you single? Do you want to chat with beautiful girls? And it's like, what the fuck? Like, when is this airing? Because, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I remember back, like, there's a, during the Broken Hardies era, like, it, they had, like, kind of the feel to it where it's something like if Adult Swim had a wrestling product, this is what it would be. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely see that. Yeah, and for the Broken Hardy era, for sure, because that was some just funny shit, right? Like, you know, crazy out of this world kind of like, what are they even attempting here? But like, you know, you love it, right? You're 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 watching it and you're just like, man, this is this is stupid, but it's fun. It's like the you and know from here's the here's the thing too. They stayed within the established rules of their universe. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that I've got to say like I I miss about about like the classic impact is that like the show had a a a through line, right? Like always had a through line and even if they were like pulling at the edges, it was it still felt like it was pulling at the edges of the same thing. Do you know what I mean? Whereas like now you know, we, you had mentioned you had mentioned like when we were when we were talking before that it seems like there's like one thing going on over here and then it's in like a totally different universe from whatever the fuck they've got going on over here. And then like there's something else going on over here and none of them seem like they could possibly exist in the same show, but they're all there anyway, you know? Yeah, and they, and they never interact with each other unless they like happen to bump into each other backstage. It's like, Hey, let's have a match. And then it doesn't go anywhere after that. Right. Or, it's a situation where everybody's bumping into everybody backstage. Like, uh, you know, with the, the sort of, um, uh, you know, 
they, they had a segment tonight. I'm sure we'll get to it, but it was like, you know, here's Moose and Myers. And then they're talking to, you know, they're talking to Santino. And then the guy who they were talking about just so happens to be there. So he shows up and has a conversation and then he leaves and Moose leaves and Myers is still there. And Myers starts talking to just Santino and the guy who he's talking to Santino about just so happens to show up. So it's like, you know, can we get a little less contrived about this shit? But I mean, that's 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 impact, man. I'll tell you, I'll tell you something that really stood out to me. And I mean, like I said, we'll get to it and we'll talk about everything in detail. But what really stood out to me is that there's segments of this show and it seems like they're taking people off the street to train them. Like there's there's segments of the show where like, man, these people need. They need reps and I'm not, I'm not knocking them. I'm not saying, you know, boo on them. They'll never turn into anything. Maybe they turn into superstars, but they are clearly at a stage in their career where like they need reps and then you get moose and it's like, fuck man. It's like, I went to an indie show and the rock showed up. What am I like? What is going on here? The, the level of difference between impact at its worst and impact at its peak that's probably the biggest differential of any wrestling show that I know of like when it hits, it fucking hits out of the park. And when it misses, it looks like T-ball. It's bad. Yeah, it's Moose is a diamond that I, I don't know what he's doing there. I don't know what he's doing there. It's it's crazy to me, man. Like every time I hear about his contract coming up, I have this I have this hope that he just goes. Oh, it it, it ain't it ain't coming up. Did you hear about his deal that he signed? No, it's like he's basically there forever now. Like he's he's gonna be an impact until basically he retires. It's like I don't get it, but then, I then make guess. him the face of your company, build the entire thing around him. He ain't going nowhere. Yeah, no, I exactly and. <laughs> And he's a guy who can draw. He's a guy who can draw. He's a guy who can work. He's a guy who seems to be very unselfish. I mean, you know, every time I've watched, yeah, I mean, Moose, look, yeah, if you talk talk about unselfish, look what he did for uh, Kevin Knight tonight. Man, I and you know what's funny is like I'm watching show. that I'm watching that match and I'm thinking to myself, man, um, I think Moose is going to lose this match, right? Like that honestly, like went through my mind a couple of times. And it's funny because the last time I did the impact attack, I watched a moose match and it was so close that I thought while I was watching it, man, moose is going to lose this match. Like, so he does a good job selling, first of all, like making you believe that he could actually lose, but also like he doesn't have to make these guys like that. He could just be very selfish and say, listen, like you guys are in here. You guys see what contract I'm getting. I'm the only one with a real contract in this whole company. Right now, give me the belt and build around me. But he seems to be very unselfish on top of it. So fucking a plus to moose, man. Yeah. And good for him on that. The thing is though, doing that would be what's best for the company. Yeah, no, it is. And he's, I mean, that's what he's, that seems to be what he's out there doing. He's out there trying to build other people so that they can get on his level. So that's what you want out of a professional wrestler. That's what you want out of a locker room leader, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So what do you say we get into Impact? We've talked about it enough. Let's actually get right into it. Let's do it. So this was, first couple of matches, I thought this was really odd in the way they structured it. 
is there's no entrance for Deanna Perrazzo. And we opened the show with King just in the middle of her entrance. Which was I thought was a bizarre thing to do. And then we end up having uh, Perrazzo going over with Venus de Milo. What do you think? Um, I liked this match. It's, uh, you know, I've, I've been watching basically SmackDown and the AEW shows. Like that's basically like what I watch for, you know, review purposes and that. And I try to just stick to that. Cause if I put too much wrestling in my life, I go a little nuts. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, I've seen basically like two really good women's matches in the last two weeks. Right. And they've both been on collision. Um, so tuning in here, you know, I see women's wrestling and I automatically start to sort of zone out and I got to be honest with you, man, Perazzo got me back. She got me back in this and, um, it wasn't perfect. There were definitely some, you know, there were definitely some moments where I went, Ooh, that looked a little, that looked a little rough. Um, but for the most part, like they got me in that I was interested to see what happened and, I don't know if this is like a new arena that they're running, but I kind of, I was kind of interested in like the, the background of like what they were showing. The arena looked different than I've seen it in the past. So I'm not sure if they're in a new building or if this is like what they run usually, but they've, they've it, been there before. Okay. It, it almost looked like it was like an old, like, you know, Mexican rodeo arena or whatever, like the way that it was set up. I, I thought it, it was interesting. And may, they may have been shooting from a different angle. Okay. Yeah, well, I liked it. Yeah, I, th I thought it was a pretty decent match. Uh, of course, you know, a little clunky. Uh, but this is a theme we're going to see throughout the night is kicks to the face don't mean shit. <laughs> well, moves don't mean anything, Brandon. Um, there's really <laughs> there's really no reason for anything to be, to be sold properly. It's like... Um, yeah, it's like, a, what's the point of kicking somebody right in the face? They're just going to shake it off and throw one right back at you. Yeah, well, and then well, because you know you got to do a you got to do a double down, right? So you kick them in the face, and they no sell it and kick you in the face, and then you both collapse. That's that's the proper way to do a double down, right? Do you know who I thought had a really good big man double down? Who's that? Kevin Kevin Nash with a double big boot? Yeah, but he only did yes. it, but he only did it with the other big men. Kevin Nash did a good job with that. You know what? In the last collision, actually, there was a really good example of a double down. Uh, of course, Christian, who, you know, I mean, what can you say about Christian that hasn't already been said in terms of how good he is? But Christian was facing Darby Allen. They had a little battle in the corner. Christian turned around and it looked like they basically just walked into each other and headbutted each other by accident. And they did a double down. And I was like, Oh, good. Somebody does know how to do a proper double down. You get hit at the same time and then you fall down because if you do it the other way, you look like a bunch of fucking dumbasses. And plus, if two people knock heads like that, yeah, that's what's going to happen in real life. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I, you know, I boxed for a number of years and I can tell you that, like, getting punched by someone's head hurts a lot. It's not fun. <laughs> Yeah, overall, I thought the match went a little long, but it didn't really feel like it overstayed its welcome. I thought they could have gotten a little bit more, uh, a little bit more accomplished in less time. And they didn't do anything to really further the angle with Diana and Trinity. Like this would have been a great opportunity for something like to further the tension between them. Like say Taylor Wilde tries to get involved, Trinity runs out for the save, but it blows up. But she ends up screwing up and costs Diana the match. And then you keep playing up: was that intentional? Was it an accident? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seemed a little light on story for sure. It was like, here's a match. It was a good match, so we're gonna show it on TV, and it was like, okay, I guess. Was, I mean, it was a fine match. I, I, you know, again, I'm gonna reiterate that, like, you know, of the of the really good women's wrestling match, this was probably the third best women's wrestling match I've seen in the last two weeks. So, you know, good for them for working hard and doing a pretty good job, but pretty light on story. It just seemed like a match, and I, I like. I haven't wa- I haven't been watching Impact regularly. So like you just said it didn't further the story. I had no idea there was a story, which tells they're, you they're, exactly that you're right, you know. It's, like, a, it's a little bit of one, but it's like it's this same way they've been telling ever since like they put Deanna and Trinity into a program and she's been basically the same spot every week. Right. Right. So like, it's like Long term storytelling where they don't, where they just continually retell the first sentence over and over and over and over again before they actually start telling the story so that they can tell people that it's long term storytelling, even though it's just that the people don't know how to book shit. Right. Weekly episodic storytelling has to be it. It moves forward every week. Mm -hmm. That's the rules. That's the rules for, for storytelling. All right, so let me go to the back with Kenny King and Gia Miller. He's got Sheldon Jean with him. And then Gia informs King that Johnny Swinger decided to invoke his guaranteed title shot for the digital media title, to which Kenny King tells a horrible joke with the intention of basically comparing Johnny Swinger to a bad joke. Yeah. And it do, looks do, like do you do you know what do you know what you call a man with no nose and no body? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> Terrible. That's, that's even bad for a dad joke. That's, yeah, not good. So, yeah, we'll be, see, we'll be seeing that match in the near future. Not sure when that's going to air, but they kind of might have planted the seeds for a title change by throwing Heath's name in there because he might get involved in that. Yeah, I mean, hey, that, that would certainly be interesting. The guy who can't win suddenly gets a win. And then, you know, and then you can tell the story with, you know, he finally got a win. It's for a title, etc. He doesn't have to hold it for very long, of course. But you could have him defend it a couple of times and get away from the fact that he's just a loser. And you could, you know, you could turn that into something for Kenny King, too, that he just kind of goes fucking crazy because he's the guy who lost to the guy who doesn't lose or who doesn't win. So you could have Kenny King go a little nuts, which I'd be down for. I think Kenny King's a pretty entertaining backstage personality, usually. Um, yep, and who's th- the dude who's with him? Because that guy doesn't have a lot of charisma. Sheldon Jean. Not a whole lot going on there. Yeah, I think they're they're trying to give him a little bit of a rub. Kenny King's a great guy to give a ru- for, to give rubs and teach guys because I think he's definitely one of the better veterans to have. Every time he gets in the ring, like his matches are always very good. He slows like these younger guys. He slows the paces pace down, and just everything makes a lot more sense and just flows better. Yeah, I like Kenny King. Um, he's he's one of these guys who I've I've watched, you know, not regularly, but every time I've turned something on and I've seen t- Kenny King, I go. Oh, I'm going to get something good here. I'm going to get something good here. And this backstage segment, like the joke was stupid, um, but, but that was the idea. Yeah. It, the, the idea was, and I, I think he even called it out and said, you know, what's an yeah. even worse joke than that? Yeah. You know, and then, you know, so 
I th- I, th- I think that Kenny King is definitely one of those guys who you know if you've got a wrestling company it. and you've got young people coming through the door often like Impact does, you want a Kenny King on your roster because he's going to be able to help bring some people up for sure. Absolutely, I've, I've I've been a fan of Kenny King for a long time. Dope. All right, so let me move on to. Santino Morella praising Kevin Knight backstage until Santino walks up and basically begs Santino for help until Myers and Moose show up and all of a sudden Bully becomes a tough guy. And then we have the scene with Myers wanting his match with Shelly to be a title match. Shelly walks in, says, sure. No, 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 no. That's not what he said. What he said was. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, one of the worst catchphrases I've ever heard. Uh, it's it, like it's a blatant ripoff of three other people's catchphrases, and it's the worst possible version of it. Like, you know, Daniel Bryan going, yes, yes, yes. There's excitement there, right? The crowd gets into it, and he looks like he's hyped, right? Or, you and know, LA, yeah. or LA Knight to- with the, yeah. Right, you know, like people love that too, and this is the worst possible version of this of this gimmick. Also, too, it reminds me their world champions, male, male and female, got minimal to no screen time on this show. Trinity, I yeah. think I don't think we saw her at all. Alex Shelley, that was his only spot right there. Yep, that was it. That was it for Shelley, and zero from Trinity. Didn't see her tonight. What are you guys doing? Hey, they're 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 highlighting all of the young, you know, up and coming talent like Bully Ray and PCO. One thing I thought was interesting during this promo is that they said uh, that there's the last uh, spot on the show was just filled. It's like, wait a minute, how do you have a show running? You don't have all your matches like laid out. <laughs> hey, we showed up, and you know, I I would just love for like at least one episode for Santino to come out and just be like. Uh, hello, uh, people. Um, listen, here is the problem. Um, uh, we didn't book enough wrestling for the whole night, and so I, I will give you stand up for the last ten minutes. Okay, all right, and then just start doing stand up for ten minutes. Like, like, what do you mean? There's, there's a last spot on the show. We're a half hour in. How are you not panicking? Like, yeah. Now, if they wrote that into the show and made that part of the show, okay, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If you want to make it, if you want to make it a situation where you know Santino's backstage and you show him at the beginning, you know, you you, you fade in off of you know we on the night, and then there's Santino and he's in the and he's in the office and he's like and he's you know he's got papers flying and he's like he's like we have no we don't have enough match for for the main event we have nothing we have nothing going on i don't have 15 minutes to and then somebody walks in and then and then and then asks for it and he says oh you know what i have perfect situation i need 15 more minutes you can have this you can have that that's great and then you know in the end you can just have him like sit back in the chair like <sighs> you come up with any creative situation to get there any, I mean, again, like it took you and me less than thirty seconds to come up with something that would have been better than just Santino randomly saying, "Oh, I, I have a note the fifteen minutes uh, tonight." Uh, like, yeah, okay. yeah, or just like he's on the phone with somebody. He's like, "Your flight got delayed. You got pulled over. You got arrested." 
Yeah. You can't make it. What do you show? mean you got arrested for flashing someone with your gun? <laughs> you know, you, hey, like we can we can bring it all full circle here. We can make fun of wrestling together, right? Like, yeah, there's so many different ways you can do that without leaving that glaring plot hole. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, like wide open. Like what? Like, you know, if you're watching this with any sense of like create, you know, creativity, that's a question automatically. Well, what do you mean you've got 15 minutes? What were you gonna do with the 15 minutes? And what happens next week if you don't have the 15 minutes? You know, if you don't have something to plug in that 15 minutes, you know, you you start asking questions, and then unfortunately, a lot of wrestling shows fall apart pretty quickly when you start asking <laughs> critical questions, but. Yeah, this is one that they, they could have done something with just a, a very simple, you know, let Santino, and you can let Santino just kind of go for a bit. He's he's pretty good, yeah. like just off the top of his head. He, he can, you know, he can improv pretty well. You could give him just like, you know, a 30 second video and just tell him like, yeah, we're going to cut to you live and we're just going to do 30 seconds. You're panicked because we don't have 15 minutes or whatever. Go. And I bet you he would knock it out of the park every time. Absolutely. So we go into our next match is the knockouts three-way. And again, this is kind of like weird structuring because we got almost no entrances. Evans and who else was in this match? Jessica are already in the ring. And we get uh, entrance from who, who we get the entrance from? From uh, Killer Kelly, and that's about it. Uh -huh. It was less than four minutes. And yeah, this was just a cluster yeah this was all over the place um first of all i don't know the other two women in the ring i don't have any idea who they are or what their problem is i have a very small like some like not quite a memory of who killer kelly is i i want to say i've seen her before but i don't really remember um the the entrance was interesting. I mean, whatever they're doing with her and Slamovich, that looks pretty fun, pretty, you know, pretty wild, pretty crazy. Um, but then maybe do something with it in the match, especially if it's just going to be a four minute, you know, quick in and out thing. And yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of bad women's wrestling in the last two weeks, and this was yet another example of bad women's wrestling. And plus you got, uh, Evans, who's they're trying to build or they're trying to push as this badass enforcer when she gets beaten, bumped around like, come on, she's dead in the water. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, when when Diesel first showed up in the WWE and they had him jobbing to doink right away. Yeah, remember that? Yeah. Did they, did they really? No. Oh, no, of course they didn't. <laughs> I would say Vince, at least Vince during that period is smarter than that. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Vince is a piece of shit human being. He's still kind of smart when it comes to wrestling. I mean, he's still kind of smart. You, you can sit, you can, you can give him his flowers. You know, just not in person because he'll molest you. But you know, you can give him his flowers. Here, sign this, pal. <laughs> uh, See, so yeah, then we cut to a Dango vignette. One of his new docu-style interviews, which he's been doing fantastic. He makes fun of Jake something. Compa mm -hmm. says, "If Mike, what would happen if Mike Awesome's name was Mike something? What would have happened? <laughs> it's a good question. I, I liked this video quite a bit. I thought this was clever. And I've been saying a lot lately on, you know, on all of the shows that I do, 
You know, I know wrestlers want 15 minutes in the ring. I know that's what they want. I know that's what wrestlers think is going to get them over. You know, a really good, good match, man. Let me have a really good match. But I am telling you, 30 seconds of this is going to get you over way better with the fans. Either as a douchebag heel that I hate and I want to fucking see get his ass kicked. Or as a face. You are going to get over so much better with these. And they don't have to be expensive. This, don't tell me that this costs anything to shoot, right? You probably shot it out of it from a phone. And, Easily. And, and look at how well they moved along business for this guy in a 30-second video. That this was, And I mean, listen, it's a two-hour show. This 30 seconds stands out more than almost everything else on the show. So... This is what you do if you really want to get over. Take a camcorder, do thirty sec, do thirty seconds worth of a shoot, and it'll be better for you in the long run. Like get over with character. I, I don't know, I don't know why people are not screaming this in every wrestling school in America. Like get over with character. You will get over with character. Well, well, uh, Meltzer won't give him five stars. Yo, fuck Meltzer. <laughs> I honestly, like every single person in the chat, like I'm not, like I really honestly, like I pay closer attention to what's being said in the chat than I do to whatever the fuck Dave Meltzer has to say. This, this chat has a hundred times the brilliance of what, whatever the fuck Dave Meltzer is saying about anything. I have zero respect for Dave Meltzer as a wrestling journalist, as a wrestling you know, nothing. I, I, I can't, I, I cannot handle Dave Meltzer and I do not understand why people pay so close attention to what he has to say. If he just stuck to basically, here's where his strengths are. He's a, he can chronicle stuff really well and he's a good historian. If he stuck to that and kept his bias out of it, he'd actually be pretty decent. Yeah, honestly. And just shut up and stop. Uh, just stop with the extra two cents. And he, 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 he wants to be taken so seriously, but yet he cannot, for the love of him, shut the fuck up. Just sometimes, right? Like, a really good example of this is like, you know, he goes on there and he's just like, you know, I'm, I've been doing this for this many years and I am, you know, one of the big names in professional wrestling journalism, right? And then he's, and then he's fucking, he's, he's tweeting about, oh, I heard that Adam Page was told not to show up at Collision by CM Punk. And then he's got a tweet a half hour later. Sorry, correction, that didn't happen. Just shut the fuck up and wait. If you're a journalist, one of the most important things for a journalist to be able to do is sit on a story and wait until you have it confirmed. Yep, everybody else looks like an idiot and then you report the truth, you look so much better. 100%. 100%. It's like it's like hey, this is an HMG show. I I tell people constantly and I mean I tell people this on Twitter, on Facebook, in other groups, whatever. When people ask me about, "Oh, who do you go to for your wrestling news?" William Alcia. Do you know why? Because if he fucking reports it, the shit happened. Like Will does not put fuck all out unless it actually happens. So once again, here I am on a show shouting out Willie, William Alcia, you know, from HMG. 
dude is a beast when it comes to this stuff because I 100% can trust whatever Will says. Indeed. Check him out, guys. Whoop, whoop. And then we go on back to the show. We get to, let's see. Moose versus Kevin Knight. I'll let you go first on this one. Holy shit, man. I, um, <laughs> like I said, like I'm watching the show and it's not terrible, right? There's, there's a few things that are, that are good. And then, and then I'm thinking, okay, like this is a developmental territory is basically what impact has turned into, right? It's a developmental, you know, people come through here, they're getting, they're getting better. You know, they're, they're trying to get on with, with a, in a bigger company for a bigger, you know, paycheck or, they've burnt their bridges with the bigger places and they're back down here and they're sort of, you know, playing this role. Fine. I don't like, there's a place for wrestling, you know, for wrestling like that. And it can still be really fun and it can still be written really well. But, you know, you think to yourself of it as developmental, it's the B league. And then Moose comes out and has a match and you're like, Like, why is this guy not in on WrestleMania? Why is he not on All Out? Why is he not on All In? Why is he not like? How is this guy not main eventing for somebody in front of millions of people? Because, god damn, is he good? I mean, again, once again, he's this good. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I still can't tell you what the fucking guy's name is. He was wrestling. What's his name? Kevin Knight. Okay, he's he's wrestling Kevin Knight. I have never heard of Kevin Knight before. Okay, never. I have not heard this kid's name before, not once. I'm watching this match with Moose, and I believed that Moose was going to lose this match. Like, do you know how good you have to be in order to convince a jaded motherfucker like me that someone on the level of Moose is going to lose to someone I've never even heard of? Like, you really have to do a good job in order to get me to bite. Right. And there was at least there's at least two different times when I was watching this match where I was going, man, I, I think I'm going to watch Moose lose here. You know, obviously he didn't. But just the ability to get somebody again like me to bite on that, uh, that's something that you got to take your hat off to. And I mean, what can I say about Moose that hasn't already been said on the impact attack? Right. Like this guy is a superstar among superstars. If you put him, if you put him in the ring with basically anybody, and I mean anybody, he's going to look like the guy who's going to win this fight, right? Like there's, there might be a handful of guys in the WWE who you could say physically look, you know, as impressive as Moose, but man, this guy is just, there's levels in wrestling and he is levels and levels and levels and levels above everything else in this company. And it is shocking to me every time I watch him work. Cause I just go, man, this guy is so good. What the fuck is he doing here? And it's matches like this one that show why he's so good. He took this, just this random dude and had the crowd cheering for him. He basically made a star that night. Now, are they actually going to do anything with the momentum and build off of that? No, absolutely not. But for one fleeting moment, he made Kevin Knight look like a star. Yep. No, really. Like, the the kid came across looking like, you know, it, 
for me, a person who sort of knows what he's watching and knows the difference between Tom McGee and Bret Hart, you know, I, I watched this match and went, no, Moose is definitely the good wrestler here. But I mean, there was a, I mean, Vince McMahon was convinced that Tom McGee was the next big thing because of how Bret made him look in that match. So, you know, there's a lot of people who would have been watching that night going, man, this kid. Yeah. What the, what are we going to see out of this guy? And Unfortunately, you're right in that, you know, in modern day professional wrestling, that probably doesn't mean anything. And it's just Moose felt like it. So, you know, Scott Demore was like, all right, do whatever you want, Moose. Shit, I guess. Yeah, that, that's a real shame. It's just the follow up is, you know, it's going to be terrible and it's going to completely squander it. Mm. You know, I've said for a really long time, like on the AEW shows, that pretty much the most important thing you can do as a booker in wrestling if you've got weekly episodic television is be consistent right like if some you know something that drives me nuts sometimes is you'll have somebody come out and it, they're they're starting to do like a different gimmick and then the next week they'll be back to another gimmick and then the, and then the next week after that they try to go back to that gimmick that they tried to switch to and it's like nope nope I'm already out of this. This is fucking stupid. Like the, a good example is Tony storm. After she lost the AEW women's title, she came out the next week and her hair was all fucked up. Right. And she was basically like super emotional with the, with the, with the backstage uh, interviewer. And the way that she came across was like jaded fifties housewife. Who's like been left for the younger woman. You know what I mean? Like that was her energy. And it was cool and it was like it was like oh cool I, you know they they should do something with this 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 could be really fun and then the next week she had a she had a, a tag match and she just came out and had a tag match and i was like oh this fucking company <laughs> you know so like man professional wrestling companies like I'll, I'll tell you like as somebody who's never been involved in wrestling but who really understands story like i like uh, this is something that i i do get is story Okay. Um, be consistent and your audience will follow your audience will care. But if you've got inconsistencies constantly going on, if you have Kevin Knight have a, a you know, a four star match against Moose, and then we don't see him for three weeks, you're going to lose all of everything that you got out of this match is going to be out the window and gone hands washed. Yep, and, that, and that's how it's going to go. It's going to everything's just a blip in the radar. It just happens in the moment, and we move on to the next thing without any kind of follow up or continuation. Yeah, yeah, and that's I mean, shit. Uh, Lab Rat in the chat uh, said Moose would lose to all the small guys in AEW. Stay away, Moose. That's probably good advice. Yep. See, that, yeah, see Brian Cage and W Morrissey. Oh man, I every single time I see Morrissey, I'm like. Why are they not pushing this fucking guy? He's seven feet tall and he has an eight pack. What do they not see? <laughs> I don't get it. I really don't get some of these decisions these days. Man. Well, anyway, Moose, fucking fantastic. What, what did you think of the match, Brandon? What, what were your thoughts? I thought it was a great match. Like the first half of it was very old school structured. Like, oh, I've I've actually worked this match many times before. Right. Right. Just classic, right? Yep. And then, like, the second half, 
like I was I was kind of questioning it, like okay, kind of take this home, guys. You're kind of drawing it out, and then when they got to the crescendo, and especially after the part where after the hurricane run up to the outside or onto the ramp, it's like okay, and where, where they had the crowd, it's like all right, I'm with this now, all right, I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they did, and that's the thing is like this match. This is the kind of match from Moose where everybody gets it right if you if you're just tuning in and you're just some guy who likes ufc and is like oh what the fuck is this shit within five minutes you're already going i like this this is fun right and if you're and if you're a storytelling guy like myself you're watching it and you're seeing this story play out of moose like who's clearly the you know the big you know world beater right and he's shocked that this fucking kid is staying in with him and he's pissed off and he's getting more and more frustrated as the match goes on. Right. But this kid just keeps kicking out or he just keeps pulling out moves when Moose isn't expecting it. And as a story guy, I'm going, yeah, I like this. And even like you said, like yourself as somebody who you've, you've had this match before, right. But they get you. Moose is one of these, is one of these, man, he's one of these talents. Who's just, transcendent like it doesn't matter what kind of fan you are you get moose <laughs> you know like you get it yeah generational talent i then unfortunately i think we're not gonna see the full potential of now it's like um uh, you know uh it's like what would have happened if uh if hulk hogan stayed in the awa like you know <laughs> we would have missed out on a lot and it feels like it feels like we're missing out on like a really big run from Moose because he's staying in impact. Yeah, he could be doing so much more in AEW, not so much AEW, definitely WWE. Oh, yeah. I mean, even in AEW, I think that he would probably buck the trend. He's so good. And I think that even the even the higher up people in AEW would probably see that he's generational in his talent, right? Like Brian cage is one thing that frustrates the hell out of me. Anyway, I, I like Brian cage a lot, right? William Morrissey bothers me. Uh, Lance Archer, the way that they book him bothers me, right? There's a bunch of big, strong guys who I look at the way they book him in, in AEW. And I go, this is stupid. But I honestly think that if he went to AEW, even some of the guys at the top of the card who, you know, generally don't want to work with the bigger guys. I think they would say, no, 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 no. Please give me a program with Moose, right? I think you would have, um, you know, John Moxley saying, I, I want to work with that fucking guy. I want that guy to cut me open. <laughs> um, you know, or you'd have Kenny Omega going, I want to get that guy on my shoulders for the one winged angel. You know, like I do think that they would be able to see it and they would book him not properly, you know, let me be clear because I don't I don't actually think AEW books fucking near anybody properly, but I think that they would book him stronger than a lot of their big guys. I, I yeah, you're I, with moves. I think there could be an exception, but some I don't think we'll ever see. We'll ever know. No. Yeah, I think he's I think he's going to be an impact wrestler for the rest of existence, which. Yeah, like I said, it's it's what what if Hulk Hogan stayed in the AWA? You're going to see all of this great potential and like someday people are going to be, you know, they're going to be collecting I guess not videos. I don't even know what to call it. They'll be collecting MP3 files. I, I don't even know what the fuck to say, right? They'll be collecting some kind of, you know, video files and they'll collect like the career of Moose and 
they'll be talking to their friends who are also wrestling fans and they'll be like, man, yeah, I'm watching these old videos of this guy named Moose who was around in like the, you know, the, the, the two thousands and the 2020s. Right. And man, he was so good. And their friends will be like, yeah, but like, you know, 2020, like he wasn't as good as like, you know, John Moxley. Right. And the, the, this guy's gonna be like, man, I'm telling you, this guy was fucking great. And everybody's going to go. Yeah. Okay, man, whatever. He's going to be the weird guy in his wrestling group who brings up Moose all the time. And everybody's going to be like, yeah, Moose fuck. Right. But, the kid will be right. <laughs> yep, yep. So then moving on, we got a backstage with Gia and the Rascals. Talk about how they're going to win the tournament. And then Chris Bay and Ace Austin show up and they accuse the Rascals of paying off the good hands to screw them out of the tournament. And then Santino shows up to restore order. And he says he can't punish the Rascals, but he can't give an ABC the match with the good hands next week. And then we go to Eric Young versus Khan. I, this match, I was... And this whole thing, again, is dead in the water. They killed off Khan. He should have just... It should have been Khan beating down Eric, Eric refusing to stay down, and eventually gets to the point where they get fed up with trying to keep him, trying to keep him down with just rest, wrestling moves, get out the webs and just beat him down, DQ... Still gets the monster over, keeps him protected, and gets heat on Eric, and still makes him look sympathetic. Yep. No, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that they could and should do uh, <laughs> differently. But yeah, this is one of those situations where, like, okay, Khan. Uh, I know that he. I know that some of the guys like from HMG know him from when he was training, and I know that he's well liked by some of the HMG higher ups, right? So I'm not going to be too derogatory towards him, but. Right. Man, I'm, I'm, my, my complaints are completely with the booking of how he's being presented and handled. And- I got to be honest with you. Even like, even as a talent, he confuses me because there was one point here where like he hit, he hit something like a big power move. Right. And it looked really impressive. He's a heel and he's meant to be in a, you know, in this stable that's like very cult-like and very like, you know, you, you know, they're kind of crazy and they're kind of cultish or whatever. But he hits this big move and then he does this like, yeah, thing where like he's posing. And I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Why? Why is the heel doing this? I do not understand why the heel is happy about his power move. The heel just needs to be vicious and mean or big and strong and stupid. Like there's ways to book heels. And I don't know. It just I don't believe I, I. I find I don't believe him like, and that was, that was a problem that I had with him. Even when he was in NXT, I believed Victor. I never really believed Connor. Like, I think maybe he's too safe. If I can, if I can put it that way, like he seems to be working too safe. Whereas if you're that big and that strong, sometimes you have to put a guy down hard. You, you have to make it look like you're big and strong. Right. And I know like, <laughs> listen, if I'm in the match with, with that guy, I'm going, thank you for not doing that. But you know, that's kind of what you need to do to get yourself over. If you're supposed to be a big, strong monster in a cult, right? Yeah. I mean, you gotta apologize in the back. Yeah, exactly. Just, sorry, brother. Right. I gotta lay my shit in. And then, and then also tell the guy, hey, but hey, lay it in on me too. Give me the receipt. Yeah. 
right? And hey, like you you don't you don't even have like I mean this was a good example of that. Like this was a quick match, right? You didn't have to have him beat the shit out of Eric Young, right? But like hit a clothesline that looked fucking serious, right? Like hit a clothesline that looks like you fucking killed him, right? And then, you know, ha- have a conversation in the back and say, "Listen, I got I really got to lay in this clothesline." So like like I'm going to hit you with it so make sure you get your arms up take the backflip or whatever right like like take the bump for it real good but like I got to lay it in right otherwise it looks silly um anyway I'm sure he's a really nice guy uh but he you know just just some logical consistency there where like you're a big strong serious son of a bitch in a cult be dangerous I don't know what else to say about it and um I like Cody Cody Deaner. I I know that's an unpopular opinion on this show. I like Cody Cody Deaner a lot. I just think he's out of his depth playing this character. I, I don't think this is. I don't think it suits him. Me either. Like he he was like when he was a follower as part of Violent by Design that worked a little bit better. Mm-hmm. But like a cult leader, nah, no. No, it doesn't. It doesn't suit him well. And even when he was a face, like when he was there with his cousin or whatever, and they were doing like a face tag team, that worked for me. I thought that was pretty. Like that seemed natural. That seemed like he really felt that shit. This stuff just feels like somebody. How can I put this? He's acting too hard. Like it's it, it's like he's he's trying to pull something out of himself that he doesn't have within himself, right? Um, yeah, that's sort of that's sort of what I feel like about it. Is he's just he's he's trying too hard to express something that he doesn't feel. Yeah, he's basically trying to draw draw from a dry well. Yeah, yeah. All right, so then we move on to a, and then I, I've always given, I usually give some pretty strong criticism as far as structure and flow of the show. I think they did a great job here by putting this a uh, upbeat, funny Hendry, you Hendry and you, you remember uh, vignette together, and at this spot in the show, just funny stuff. Hendry's great. I think that what they're doing with you and is pretty good. Keep that underlying tension there. In fact, they, they can ride that for a long time if they're patient. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, one of those situations that could actually use long-term storytelling, right? Like every week you can move a little bit forward and a little bit forward and you can, you can have them like right now, it seems like, like it's pretty clear that Hendry's like slightly, like slightly frustrated with this kid who's kind of cramping his style. Right. And you can you can play that off for the next few weeks, for the next few weeks, for the next few weeks, and eventually you get to the point where you know what? Damn it, this kid has grown on Hendry, right? And he's just like, all right, you know what? Like, I actually like you, you stupid little son of a bitch, right? And you have them grow like a real connection, right? You ha- you can have them have like a real connection, and then slowly have it become a thing where you know the the what the fuck is his name? Nickamora, Kickamora. You, 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 Amora. God bless you. Anyway, Kikamora can can start getting frustrated with him, right? And start it can start being the other way around, right? Where now he's frustrated with Hendry, and Hendry's cramping his style, and etc. Like you can grow this so well, but you have to allow it time to breathe. I, for one, like watching this blind, right? Like I haven't watched Impact in a while. I came into this blind, 
I just saw a cool moose match and I was like, damn, that was cool. I saw this fucking video and I went, that's the best thing on the fucking show. This is hilarious. This is awesome. Right. This is so fucking fun. Um, and it just, it came across as real, right? Like Henry, he, he comes across as like really being this character. Right. And it's, that makes it really fun for the audience where it feels like the character really fits. It's like, the exact opposite of what I just said about Cody Diener, right? Like this feels like it's actually that guy. Like that's who this fucking guy really is. Basically Joe Hendry believes in Joe Hendry. (laughs) Yeah, man. I I loved this. I thought this was super funny. It was super, um, you know, charming is a, is a word that we don't really hear a lot in professional wrestling, but this was really kind of charming. This, this felt a lot like, um, some of the vignettes that they've done with uh, MJF and Adam Cole, right? Where they're, they're sort of having a little bromance thing going or whatever, right? So it, it seems like Hendry is like annoyed with the kid, but start he's starting to grow on him a little bit. So I, I thought this was great. I, like, I if I was going to tell somebody watch two things from this week's Impact, Moose Match, and then watch this video, that's it. Yep. And then I'm guessing the reason why they put this and this spot in the show is because it kind of softened the blow for what they air next. This is about as real and as serious as it gets. Uh, We get to the next part of the Crazy Steve interview where he gets into his personal life. Talks about how he grew up in an abusive household. His father uh, beat him until he kind of put that back his history with his mother and how she was his biggest fan and his biggest supporter. And now he finally got a contract with impact back in 2014. However, three weeks before he signed it, she took her own life and how it ate it had completely wrecked him, how he, she was never ever to see him perform uh-huh. and how right. like it felt like a cruel joke, how the character they gave him was, all right, you're going to go out and be a clown and make people laugh, man. Yeah. Um, this was actually, uh, I'm not. So this much must have been segmented differently on my on my feed because again, like I'm in Canada, so it's probably a little bit different. This was actually the last thing I saw on the night. Like this was the end of the show, and um, I got to be honest with you, man. I was watching it and I was just like, "Is this a bit? What? What? No. Like I was thinking, what the like? What are they doing here? And like." I did like I did a little bit of little little bit of research because I was like, well, what the fuck was that? And I looked into it, and it's like this is entirely real. And I'm just going, fuck, man. Like I watched it back, and I just was like, I don't understand. Like, are they giving this guy a fucking title shot or something? Because like they need to after this. Like, don't don't ask a person to open up his fucking heart like this to you. With if unless you're gonna really do something with it, because holy fuck. Or unless he said, you know what, I want to get this out there. This is kind of therapy for me. How can we turn this into an angle? Could be, could be something like that too. And yeah, I mean, people deal with stuff in different ways. Man, at the end there, when when he said like you know this character that they're asking me to be is to go out and have fun, right? And to and to you know make sure that other people are having fun. And I mean, meanwhile, this is all happening to me. And I just I I the second time I watched it, like I had to sort of 
I had to sort of turn it off to stop myself from crying. I know I'm a big baby. All right. I'm a big baby. I get emotional, but like when I see people really hurting, like it does impact me. It is something that I feel, you know? So (sighs) yeah, nothing but love for crazy Steve, man. He, you know, I've always been impressed with him just on the whole, like losing his sight thing and continuing and continuing to perform the way he does. I had no idea about the rest of this stuff and like watching it was heartbreaking doing even t- and even the interviewer was like i'm hearing most of this for the first time yeah <laughs> it's crazy steve yeah and this and this t- ends up tying into the angle they're doing with him where they have a end or this segment of it end with tom asking why reveal this now and he says well, we'll that well, we're going to get to that and then it says to be continued. Yeah, that was that was how the show ended for me. Like that was that was put at the very end of the show for me. So that was definitely emotional. It was like holy fuck. Yeah. I I hope I hope they I hope they give him a real push off of this because this is. Yeah, this this dude is oh, just basically sliced his heart open and put it right out there for you. you better do something with him. Yeah, you, you. I mean, God, like imagine, like. I already feel like, fuck, man, this company probably should have given him some time. Like, you know, not the next week. Okay, your mom killed yourself. Oh, but you're starting next week. So make sure you're on the at the show. Like, man. Or, or again, that could have been what he needed to do to take his mind off of it. Who knows? It's true. It's true. You never know. You're, and, and you're right. I mean, different people deal with things differently. I, and I've, you know, I've been involved in social work for a long time. I've seen people do some things to deal with their pain that I thought that's not like, that's not the best way to do it, but it is the best way for them. And people know themselves better than anybody else does. So, but man, yeah, do something with Crazy Steve, please. I mean, do something with him because he's he's exposing himself in a way that not a lot of people in the world would do. And they're using it, whether or not he asked for it, they're using it as a way to get, you know, entertainment. So you got to do something with it. Absolutely. Yeah, you can't you cannot put something like that out there and not go somewhere with it and actually make it mean something. Yeah. Exactly. But this wasn't the end on your feed, was it? Nope. And then we go to a Saban, I call these indie wrestling promos. Because it's shot in like some random hallway in some (laughs) building. And and the usual, the wrestling, indie wrestling cadence, indie wrestling jargon. Uh Uh-huh. And then we got Del Semere de Sol come in, and uh, him and Saban have a, end up making a match for next week. Joy. So Chris Saban, Chris Saban, all over the place here, and uh, and then they set up a match that is exactly something that you would expect to see from Chris Saban. So I don't need to watch it. That's yep, so, all I care about. Yep. More wrestlers making matches. Some they could have easily fixed by something simple. Going, hey, let's go to Santina so we can make it official. Right. Hey, let's go to Santino so that he doesn't have 15 minutes of, of dead airspace next week. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Fuck. And then we move on to our next match. Bully Ray versus Black Tarus. 
And that ends with Bully Ray pinning Black Tarus after he goes for a whisper in the wind on a ladder and Bully moves. I don't know why Black Tarus is taking these kind of bumps, and especially in a match like this that doesn't go anywhere and doesn't mean anything. Bro, we, we said it earlier about the videos, right? I mean, what do you get over with? Character. Get over with character. You're a fucking man bull. Like, how are you how are you still taking ridiculous bumps on top of everything? Like, go through the table once. You know what I mean? Like if you've got if you've got to take a a, a fucking bump, but like how, dude? You're going to kill yourself, and there's absolutely no reason to do it. You could be getting over with character. There's plenty of character there to work with. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's, there's a huge history there for, for Tarus. And, um, again, like, you're a fucking man bull. Tell me about that. How did, how did you become a man bull? Um, but, like, you know, like, show me what your character is instead of just I'm, I'm a Mexican in a mask that looks like a bull. Cool. So I haven't heard that a thousand times before. Yeah, I mean, and then we get the uh, PCO coming out. Of course, he always gets his music and entrance, the lighting bolt, because why not? Oh, this this PCO stuff. So bad. They, they need he needs to stop that whole Frankenstein thing. It just it doesn't make any sense. It's getting old. It's getting stale, and he's going to kill himself. The the, the truth, like Brandon, can I tell you the truth about this whole PCO thing? For me, I'm Canadian, right? Like you know, we we obviously love the Rougeau brothers, and like I I want nothing but the best for this man on a personal level. I've always thought this character was fucking silly. Like just silly. It's like it's all of it's all of the worst aspects of the Undertaker. It's just the gimmick without Taker. You know, like it's I I don't know. I, I, I know some people love it. I know there's all kinds of people who are like, no man, peace show, it's so cool. I love the like, good for you, I guess. I don't want to see somebody no sell a choke slam through a table, because then how do I beat you? Right? Like do I have to literally park a forklift on top of you in order to pin you? Or like, how does this work? Because you can't tell me that a guy can take that and take everything and just constantly get his ass kicked completely, you know, pillar to post and then just, you know, no sell at all. And then he loses a match. I don't, there's a disconnect that I just can't get through with PCO. Yeah, I, I don't know what he needs to do, but he needs to do something different because this Frankenstein thing has ran his course a long time ago. Yeah. <laughs> Lizbeth has, has, has a very interesting comment. I came from the demon realm. My dad was a minotaur. My mom was a witch. Um, you know, if, if, if Black Tarus would have come out and said something like that, although it, it would have been in Spanish, obviously, and we would have had to have seen the, you know, Maybe they could get, uh, you know, Abrahentes there to translate for him. But um, anyway, yeah, I mean, that would have been probably more useful than doing a whisper in the wind and then just landing on your ass. Like, it's my personal opinion, but probably would have been a more, you know, probably would have been a better use of 30 seconds. 
First year, I mean, uh, I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, anyway. PCO. <laughs> I mean, fucking silly. And then Bully Ray ran away. It was funny. Hey, what are they doing with these characters? What are they doing? I, I mean, they had a bull man, and like, okay, so B Bully Ray's whole thing is like he's scared of PCO, right? Like, oh, he's scary because he does because he's a Frankenstein. But like, you're not scared of the man bull? <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, to me, they're both monsters, right? So if you're gonna be scared of one, why aren't you scared of the other one? But Bully's like real tough when it comes to the man bull, but then he's totally petrified of you know the dead guy who they killed and doesn't die but dies and then comes back and speaks with a french canadian accent which by the way is the least tough sounding accent in the english language you cannot sound less tough than french canadian i don't care <laughs> ah, and then moving on we go to backstage with See a replay of Frankie Kazarian accidentally hitting Alicia with the kendo stick. And then we have Gia interviewing Eddie. Kazarian walks up, says it was an accident, and it hurt him too. Security gets between them, and they end up proposing a match to take place at Killer Kowalski's school. Something tells me it's probably going to end up being a cinematic match. Well, and I mean... Talk about a deep cut for wrestling, right? Like, we're going to have a match at Killer Kowalski's gym. And, like, you know, for you, for me, for somebody like Vet, right? Like, probably for most of the people in the chat right now, it's like, oh, that's neat. But if you're, like, if, if you're just, like, a guy and you're just, like, trying to watch Impact and they're like, we're going to fight where it all started at Killer Kowalski's gym, you're probably going, who the fuck is that? Right? You're doing a Conor McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? And yeah, I mean, what? The, okay, I guess. Cool. We're gonna have a another cinematic match. And I don't. I listen. Frankie Kazarian. I love Frankie Kazarian for everything that he's done in professional wrestling. He is a really great worker. He is not good with character. I mean, he's great with everything else. Frankie Kazarian is not believable when he's when he's cutting promos or oh it was a it was an accident and it hurt me as badly as it hurt her. Like shut up, Frankie. I love you, Frankie, but don't don't like you're the exception to the rule there, brother. You don't get over with character. You just do some cool shit in the ring. Um and yeah, as far as as I, I don't I don't know. Like it just <laughs> Frank call, <laughs> gotta keep my wife safe kowalski's hologram on a pole match that sounds wonderful that sounds fantastic that sounds like that sounds like something that they would book at impact wrestling oh man impact so then we get our main event the rascals versus sammy callahan and rich swan for a title shot for the impact World Tag Team titles, and the Rascals go over clean, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of cheating. Oh, wait, no, they didn't. Nope, never mind. Straight paint to the face. Yeah, there was a little bit of cheating, because, I mean, hey, they're heels. But uh, this was a really good match, and I haven't seen the Rascals work together in a long time. 
Um, and I was one of the people who like, I, I wasn't like emotional in that, like I cried or anything, but I was, you know, I was emotionally invested when they broke up on impact, when they sort of said their goodbyes, uh, you know, when, uh, when Lee and Wentz, I think went to NXT, you know, it, it really felt like it was sort of the, the turning of a page here for these guys. And, uh, I'm glad that I get to see the rascals wrestle again because they're fun. They, they have chemistry between the two of them. And, um, I think that they can get over with character. These are the, these guys are guys who you can really honestly build a tag team division around. And I, I like them a lot. I liked this match too. I thought it was good. I know it was just too much for me. A lot, just the spots and stuff that didn't make any sense. And just, they also go out and do moves. And one of us goes over. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean that's a rascal's, you know, setup right there. That's that's what they do. Um and I don't I get that like Trey has been doing like a heel character for a while and it would have seemed jarring for Wentz to show up and then they turn back into faces. But I think that they the rascals work better as a group as faces than they do as as heels. That just there's something very, you know, very disconnected about them as the bad guys in a story because I want to still see them as like the goofy idiots from the treehouse, you know? First thing they said, they got back together. They did a promo where they said all that treehouse stuff's done. Right. And why? Like, does it have to be? And did you have to say that? Like, why not leave the possibility open in the future? That's, that's what I don't understand. They're closing the door on something that made them famous, got them hot, made people in the professional wrestling world want to see them, want to follow them, want to know what they're doing. And we're just going to straight up close the door on it without any explanation as to why. We're serious now. Well, you shouldn't be. You were fun. So, yeah, and then we go off the air with our new number one contenders for the world tag team titles at emergence. Yeah. And who are they facing again? I kind of missed that. We didn't Sub-culture. see a lot of the champions weren't on the show. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Uh, the current tag team champions are a team called subculture. Okay. And who are they? Uh, Mark Andrews. And I forgot the name of the other guy. <laughs> that should tell you, that should tell you all you need to know. G- good deal. Good deal. So impact impact impacted all over this show. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, Hey, maybe, maybe the, maybe they can get, you know, maybe the, uh, the, the rascals can go over and maybe they can get a little bit of character back into it. Because again, I think that these are, you know, these guys are a really good example of get over with character. They got over with character. So do something with character. I mean, even if it's a progression to like, well, you know, we were in the in the treehouse and now we're now we're gonna do something very similar, but we're gonna be in the club taking shots or something. Do you know what I mean? Like something you can do a you can do a progression of it so that it doesn't seem like you're just repeating something you've already done, but you clearly got over with character. Get over with character. Absolutely. It's an, you don't have to do the same thing, but you can evolve it. Yeah. All right. And that is another impact attack. Uh, what do you think of the show overall? 
So like I said, it there were moments here where it felt like I'm watching a developmental league and then Moose come out. And then I'm watching a developmental league again and then Crazy Steve. And then I'm watching a developmental league again and then you know this tag match happens or the video or the Joe Henry video. And it's it's very up and down. It's it it, it you know, it felt like hmm what can I say about it? I think that you're you're very right, and I know that because of the way they record this, things get edited and chopped together that maybe weren't like done in order, right? To try to make it make sense later on. But um, it felt that way a little bit. So for me, like you know, for you know, w- when we do our podcast or whatever over on the PWC, we always give letter grades. I would give this like a like a C plus for an impact because. Really great moose match, really fun video with Hendry, you know, really hugely emotional moment with Crazy Steve. There were some really good things here, and then everything else was pretty bad, pretty impact. Yeah, definitely the three standout segments for me were the moose match, the uh, Hendry Uemura video, and the Crazy Steve interview. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, listen, if you're a kind of person like uh, like Media M5 who only cares about the gear that's and where it's being made in pro wrestling, you might not have liked this show. Um, or you might have. I don't know who, who did and didn't uh, buy your gear, Media, but uh, <laughs> stop calling me Jeff, you bastard. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this was a good show. I Like I said, I really like this. Hey! Yo, yo. Hey, guys, what did I miss? Uh, well, it, nothing at all. So the show comes on the air and it's We Own the Night. All right, here we go. No, I'm just kidding. We're pretty much done. How are you, Ben? Oh, man. Just uh, loving the world and everyone in it, especially you two. Thanks for uh, taking care of this for me. Um, but yeah, uh, so uh, I heard some of what you said. Um, I just wanted to add that, uh, you know, I know you already talked about it probably, and I gave you a little bit of a heads up, Chris, uh, about the moose match and how, how does it, you, you, you look at that and then you, you see that whole segment right there, the multi-segment match. And the only question you could really ask yourself is why doesn't the world of impact revolve around this human being? It's a complete and total mystery as you got fucking, you know, the guy with the charisma of a wet dish rag, Alex Shelley, walking around with a championship. Why would anybody want to pay attention to that when you have a moose right there? And we had uh, to give multiple segments to the fucking Frankenstein's monster. Multiple. Multiple. Um, so there you go. But uh, that is, like you said, that is impact. It's a complete mixed bag. You know what they, and, and what it, they had the thing with Crazy Steve, right? Where I'm, I'm just like, as much as I feel for Crazy Steve, I'm, I'm like, what are we, what are we doing here? So you say all this and then you're like, you're, you're like, I, I assure you, I'm not a clown. It's like, oh, so you just, you just continued to, paint your face and act like a clown the the entire time including right now in this 
three-part interview you know and then and then what was that what was the next brandon what was the next segment right after crazy steve's uh heartfelt interview uh let me pull my notes back up another one we had right before it was the uh hendry uemura video we go right. to yeah saving with the uh, indie wrestling promo right and doesn't somebody come in and uh they book their own match there yep yep samurai del sol right so we so we <laughs> he's like the, the the guy's like you know hey i i know what these people would like uh since since leo rush is not here let's have a match next week okay well you know that you're taping all this in one day but the fans aren't supposed to know that so did did you guys mention that one um i don't know yeah, it, it would have been if you want to take Crazy Steve seriously, maybe they should put that right before the moose match. And then be like, oh, okay, I see what they do here. But in any case, that's neither here nor there. We don't need to rehash that. I thought as long as I jumped in at the last second, I could give you guys some bonus content because uh I know you probably didn't, but I watch Multiverse of Madness too. So I can give you like a quick uh, results rundown, handwritten even, handwritten, handwritten notes on Multiverse of Madness too, if if you're interested, or I could I, just leave. No, no, no. You're this is your show, Vet. What are you talking about? Oh you're, well, you're so you, welcome. Like I, I've been worried about, I've been worried about being brilliant enough to make up for the fact that Vet is gone. I've been trying so hard, actually. The media M five said that I was, I was. I was coming across like Jeff because I was talking too much. I am hurt, by the way, by that by that insinuation. Media M five. I am hurt. I am betrayed. Okay. There's I, one Im important difference between you and Jeff Lippman besides everything, but <laughs> that is that when you are talking for a period of time, it's usually about something interesting and that has a point. Yeah. Okay. So never never confuse the two men. Media M five. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I, if yeah, I could go ahead and, and do a quick little. It's only going to take a minute. A multiverse, a multiverse United recap. Okay, we start out with Chris Saban. He wins a scramble with a bunch of guys for something that we don't know, uh, but it was cool. We got to see a bunch of guys do their entrances. Uh, El Desperado was there. I, I don't know who else was there. Um, Moose and Fat Eddie. Uh, went over the Mighty Don't Kneels, Shane Haste, and Zack Sabre Jr. So that was a fun getting to see Moose and Zack Sabre Jr. in there. I don't know if I'd ever seen that before, so that, that was cool. Uh, not as good as the Moose match on this show, but... Um, then you had... Uh, oh, now this, this right here was the highlight of the show. I should almost just stop right now and circle back around to it after I go through the rest of this. Uh, and th I think I will. That's a great idea by me. Thanks, me um we Good have job. uh yeah thanks appreciate it uh we have sammy versus uh versus doki in a philadelphia street fight oh did i mention this took place at the 2300 arena um yeah sammy pile drove him on a bunch of chairs that were not folded and stacked they were unfolded and set up and uh yeah both these men are ridiculous um yes united empires tjp uh, and Francesco Akira uh, defeated the Mighty Don't Kneels, Robbie Eagles, and uh, young boy Kosei Fujita. So that's nice. We had a big mess of a match, like a 10-man tag or something. It was uh, 
DKC, G-O-D, P-C-O, E-L-P, and Josh Alexander versus uh, The Bullet Club. I'm sorry, is, can, you, can you do that again? Just because listening to someone just rattle off letters is fantastic, and it just shows you how completely stupid the booking is. Go ahead, do that again. Yeah, and it also shows you how, you know, whoever booked this uh, is in on the rib, yeah. right? Because oh, yeah. why else would you? Uh, DKC, I could slow this down and, and take it one by one if you guys would like to comment, like... Uh, do any of you know who DKC is? It's not the Super Nintendo Classic Donkey Kong Country from 1994, I assure you. No? Okay. Okay, good. Don't look at it. G-O-D, uh, which is, uh, you know, an acronym, or acronym for uh, the Gorillas of Destiny. So you know Tama Tonga and Tonga Loa. Bless uh, you. Formerly of the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have PCO, who you sadly know uh, from this episode. Uh, we have ELP, who's, uh, El Phantasmo, uh, which has been recently taken under the wing of the recently ex, well, not that recently, but excommunicated from the Bullet Club, uh, Gorillas of Destiny. So now they're kind of like a trio of good guy ex-heels. Um, and Josh Alexander, who's the longest reigning Impact Champion ever. So once again, DKC, G-O-D, P-C-O, ELP. And Josh Alexander. <laughs> Fuck. And if you're Josh Alexander, don't you like look at the booking sheet and just go, why? Why am I like, yeah. why not just have them have the match? What am I doing here? Can I, can I be J.A. for the night? <laughs> yeah. J.A.X. <laughs> just to get a three-letter thing. That'd be awesome. I, I, I think he should have complained. Uh yeah, anyway, yeah, those guys versus the BC, the Bullet Club, in which the Bullet Club has ABC. Uh, so that this is just this is the initials match, basically. This is, this is what we have here. All right, then we have um, we have uh, Trey Miguel and Leo Rush teaming together for some reason. Like this was uh, I, I I didn't I didn't get it. Uh, versus uh, Mike Bailey and Hiromu Takahashi, the Time Bomb. So. Interesting there, a little business. Leo's the X Division champion. Hiromu's the New Japan Pro Wrestling Junior Heavyweight Champion, and they have unfinished business. So hey, and then the main event was uh, Tanahashi versus Alex Shelley, and I'm pretty sure you guys know what Tanahashi won. Yeah, I, yeah come on. Um, I feel like there's something missing here, but oh no, no, it wasn't. Uh, okay, so yeah, the match I skipped and came back. It was uh, a four-way match, a fatal four-way match for with uh, uh, Momo Kogo, Diana Parazzo, Giselle Shaw, and making her, I don't know, Impact debut, United States debut, the New Japan Strong Women's Champion, Julia. So... I've been talking about Julia. Brandon, you know I've mentioned Julia a couple times. I may have mentioned Julia to you, Chris. Uh, I said, if anybody is smart and they're looking for people to you know, bring in to try to bolster a women's division or to anchor a women's division or anything else to a women's division, you're probably going to want to look at Julia first, everyone else a, a distant second. And uh, so the crowd got their look at her, and even these like unshaven you know bums in the ecw arena 
couldn't help but be mesmerized uh, by her presence in in so much even as to uh to get a holy shit chant started just for her existing um which is pretty cool when you get that so yeah this was a big a big deal julia retained the championship and she did some cool stuff and looked cool and sexy while doing it and isn't that all we want from a nice women's match but would she get along but would she get along with brit baker that's the real question I'd like to think she would. I'd like to think Cause she that's Because that's the real test of whether or not a, t- a talent can last in the AEW women's division is can, can you kiss Britt Baker's feet for a little bit first? Because if you can't, then you're probably not going to make it in that company. So, I think she can, uh, as, a, as a Japanese, I think she can smile and nod politely enough to get on Britt Baker's good side. Uh, and then when they get in the ring, Britt Baker will find out the real feelings, but, (laughs) um, but yeah, so, so it's cool. So if you, you know, if you check out one match from this show, if you go back and, you know, find it, scrub through it, get to that match, check out Julia, let me know what you think at opinion haver, uh, and tell me your Julia impressions. And, uh, once again, guys, thanks for holding down the fort for me um appreciate it i'm excited to go back and watch it i just kind of jumped in here live at the end and uh, i'm gonna go back and watch it later and uh, you will both be hearing from me uh but uh i'm sure it'll be all good things so anyway good i'm just gonna say i'm gonna say this though for media m5 sake if you compare me to jeff Lippman at the end of going back and watching it i quit podcasting i'm not doing it anymore (laughs) oh my favorite podcaster <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding, Jeff. Also, we love you, Jeff. We really do. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. What fun would it be if if not to punch on Jeff a little bit? You know, yeah. it's just it's nothing, nothing malicious. But anyway, yep. Add opinion have everywhere for all your uh, Jeff jokes, Chris putovers, and Julia opinions. That's where you can find me. Get in touch with me there. And uh, uh, what about you guys? As usual, you can find me on X, got it right that time, at Transarchist Tia, as well as on twitch.tv slash Miss Tia the Transarchist, and at Substack at HMG Brandon. All right, and you can find me on Twitter. I'm at ChrisAms1. Uh, you can go there to you know see everything that I have to say about pro wrestling politics and whatever the hell else comes to my mind. Uh, you can also find me on the PWC Network um, and right here on HMG and ChannelAttitude.com uh, where we do a number of shows. But the number one thing that I want to focus everyone's attention on, if you want to follow me, if you want to see what I'm doing, Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock uh, Central Standard Time, after the collision, we sift through the wreckage. That is the show. That is the name of the show. And that is the show that I want you to go to if you want to hear more from me. So please go check that out because it's awesome. You can enjoy the reviews of the succulent Jay Mignon on a weekly basis. He's been great, by the way. He had a really good match this last week on Collision, too. Um, And yeah, I got to say, like when he first showed up, I was like, I don't get it. I don't see it. And then there was a point where I just went, oh, I see it now. I get it. I, I do really get how good this freaking guy is. 
And uh, it's the little, it's the little details, it's the little attention to details that I noticed with him that are just so good. Um, like last week, he was like leaning down to do like an interview with somebody in the backstage, and then at one point he just like, like you could tell like he was a little annoyed that he was down there, and then he just kind of like, like grabbed it and like pulled it up and was like, you know, like he didn't say anything, but it was just the little detail of like. Fuck you suck at this job it's up here um and you know just so good super good so i mean yeah yeah I, he's definitely won me over very nice so yeah that's it for us guys you have a great night much love to you and we'll see you next week whoop whoop olay